Living, I'm Ben Collins. In this series of podcasts, Apanda Kanokar and I explore ways to utilize the insights of the ancient Vedic rishis to establish a life full of good health, balance, and spiritual fulfillment. This week, Aparna and I present the second in our series on the three doshas in Ayurveda, Pitta Dosha. Pitta is the fiery dosha responsible for digestion, among other things. And we begin with a quick story about Durvasa Rishi, who is a prime example of Pitta Dosha. And as always, Aparna gives us an understanding of this dosha, ways to recognize when it's out of balance, and tips to restore and maintain that balance through routine and nutrition. At the end of the podcast, I present a great Narasimha mantra that is perfect for maintaining peacefulness and particularly family harmony. Well, hello, Aparna. It's good to speak with you as always. Hi, Ben. It's great to be here. So what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about Pitta. Ah, Pitta. Fire. <laughs> the fiery, energetic dosha. Well, I'm going to start off with uh, my little story here, as always. Uh, one of the most noticeable uh, characteristics of Pitta is a very sharp and rather insistent appetite. And uh, Pitta people, uh, and I've got a good... A good dose of pitta in me as well. Uh, we tend to get a little cranky when we don't eat on time. Indeed. <laughs> well, there's no person in the entire Vedic tradition that personifies pitta dosha more than Durvasa Rishi, mm-hmm. who, yeah, who's uh, well known for his uh, tendency to want to uh, enjoy the hospitality of others, uh, and particularly to be fed. And if he gets delayed even a little bit, uh, man, he just flies off the handle and he starts cursing everybody, and impressively so. <laughs> so uh, there's a couple of stories about the origin of uh, Durvasa. The one that I like most is that one day Brahma and Shiva got into a big argument. And the argument went on and on, and it got so heated that all of the devas ran away in fear, because Shiva was just, you know, getting really angry. And um, uh, Brahma and Shiva, they went away from each other. Shiva went back home. And uh, after a few days, he had still not cooled off, and his wife Parvati starts complaining that he's become impossible to live with. Well, (laughs) if you know these stories, you know that, uh, first of all, Shiva has, uh, I think, a healthy fear of his wife. He does not like what happens when she gets mad. Uh, And he's generally, Shiva is generally known as being a very kind and considerate husband. So he started looking, uh, trying to figure out, okay, what can I do, you know, with all this anger? So he went to Anasuya who is the wife of Atri Rishi. And Anasuya is actually, there's some great stories about her, but he gave his anger to her. And uh, from that anger, a son was born, and that was Durvasa. And because he was born of Shiva's anger, uh, he retains those, those characteristics. Mm. So uh, there's a great story about Durvasa's confrontation with a king, by the name of Ambarisha, and uh, this is from the uh, Bhagavata Purana, and Ambarisha was uh, a great devotee of Vishnu, and he just loved to do yagyas for Vishnu, and pujas, and daily meditations, and mantra japa, 
you know, and in those days, you know, the kings really were responsible for the, um, you know, the spiritual health of their of their kingdom, and so they they tended to be quite uh, spiritually devoted. And he, but he was so devoted to Vishnu that uh, Vishnu gave him the protection of Vishnu's weapon called Sudarshana Chakra. And it's basically a discus made of light. Um, And so one year, um, Ambarisha performed a ritual, uh, which is called the uh, Ekadasi and Dwadasi Vrata, which means that in the light half, the bright half of the month and the dark half of the lunar month, um, he fasts on the 11th day, so twice a month. And then he, you know, he breaks his fast the next day. And this is this is fair, actually fairly common, vata yeah. or vow, and people do this a lot. So just as he was about to break his fast, having done this for an entire year, Durvasa arrives, and uh, wants to see the king. And the king is, you know, a very good host, and he, you know, he welcomes him to the to the kingdom, and you know, glad to see you, and all of this. And invites him to stay for dinner, and Durvasa agrees, and says, "But, but please, you know, I have to go have my bath in the river, in the Yamuna River." And um, so Durvasa goes off, and now the king, um, who has planned the breaking of his fast right down to the moment with his, you know, with his astrologers to, you know, be the absolute perfect time, and it was getting closer and closer and closer to that time, and Durvasa has not returned. So yeah. Ambarisha was in a dilemma. He didn't want to waste a whole year's worth of effort. On the other hand, uh, particularly in that traditional culture, it was considered to be a big, uh, a big insult to eat before your guest. So uh, Durvasa had a sip of water. I'm uh, not Durvasa. Ambarisha had a sip of water. So uh, Durvasa finds out, and he comes back, and he feels insulted by this. And uh, so <laughs> Durvasa, in the perfect state of pitta rage, pulls a single strand of hair from his head and he creates a demon that starts trashing the king's palace and then starts running after the king himself to kill him. Wow. And the, the, yeah, Vishnu's Sudarshana Chakra sort of springs to life and then destroys the demons and then starts to chase Durvasa. And it's a, it's a great it's a great image because uh, being somewhat magical as a rishi, of course, Durvasa runs away from Earth and he goes below Earth and he goes into the heavens and he one chases all around the universe, and the weapon just pursues him everywhere. So finally, Durvasa goes to Brahma and Shiva, and they both say, "Dude, you're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing that they can do to help him," and so. Durvasa swallows some of his pride and goes to Vishnu Mm -hmm. very humbly and says, please, you know, it's your weapon, you know, would you, would you call him off? And and Vishnu says, no, 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 I'm really sorry. The only thing that I can recommend that you do is go back to Ambarisha and beg for his forgiveness. Mm. So he did. And of course, Ambarisha was very kind and understanding and forgave him. And then Ambarisha prays to Vishnu and says, okay, fine, please, you know, tell, his, tell your Sudarshana Chakra to please, you know, relax and leave Durvasa alone. And so Durvasa was saved. 
but this is just, it's so much like the way Pitta people behave. Or, you know, people, you know, when their Pitta gets aggravated, you know, it's like this big, um, it's, it's like a thunderstorm, this big explosion followed by unintended consequences and lots of apologies. Yeah. So Pitta people have to be, you have to be very careful with that fiery Pitta energy um, and to keep it, keep it under control. So, uh, Durvasa, Mr. Pitta. <laughs> so, um, so what right. else? What else? What else do we know about Pitta? Well, um, Pitta is composed of fire and water, <clears throat> and fire we know has the power to transform solid into liquids and liquids to gas and back. It is a stimulating um, element. It changes everything. It converts food into fat or food into muscle. It also transforms food into energy. And it also creates feelings and thought processes. And the pitta also has a small component of water in it, which is, of course, a liquid state. And it brings energy... Water also is the fluid between our cells, in our blood, in the lymph system. The water also carries away waste. It regulates temperature and also moves around hormonal information. So fire and water are the two elements that govern pitta. The, the sense that the sense, one of the five senses that's associated with fire is vision. And the sense organ, of course, is the eye, and the action is walking, and the organ of action is feet. One of the five senses associated with water is taste, and the sense organ is the tongue. And the action is procreation, and the organ of action, obviously, is the genitals. So pitta is very important. All doshas are important. But pitta is very important because it is responsible for digestion and metabolism. Mm -hmm. um, it's hot in its nature. It's sharp, oily, and acidic. So as I just said, it governs digestion, absorption, assimilation of nutrients. It governs metabolism, body temperature, intelligence. Pitta people are very sharp. They're very intelligent. Understanding. And pitta energy can also arouse anger, hate, jealousy, self-criticism, criticism of others. And the seat of pitta is the small intestine. It also exists in the eyes, fat cells, blood, and sweat glands. And the characteristics of pitta people. Well, they're about medium build. Vata people are very thin. Kapha people generally have more muscle structure, they're larger people. Pittas are somewhere in between the two. They have a sharp mind. They have good concentration skills. They're assertive. They're very hardworking. They have a lot of energy. They're self-confident. Um, they can get frustrated easily. And Ben, you're absolutely right. You don't want to be in the way of a hungry Pitta person. They want <laughs> to be fed. Right. They are also quite passionate and romantic. 
and they like to be in charge. Um, some of the most successful people in the world have more predominance of pitta in them, surgeons, presidents, doctors, uh, some businessmen, very successful businessmen. Um, although pitta people have a lot of fire in them, the heat also makes them tired. And they already have a tendency to overdo things. The Pitta people are the people who make lists of things and they get everything done on their list. They're very organized. They're on task. They're on task and they're on time. Um, they also um, tend to have early graying of hair or balding. They bald. Some of their health problems include skin inflammations, Ulcers, hyperacidity, bloodshot eyes, um, anything related to inflammation and being overheated. They don't like being out in the sun too much. Best time for pittas to be at the beach is after 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock. Um, physical features, uh, their medium build, their skin is warm and oily. They have fairly good hair, you know, thick hair. Not as thick as kapha. They, they have wavy hair. Vatas might have curly hair. Um, well, it seems to me that from an astrological perspective, um, Pitta is very much going to be associated with Mars and the sun. Yeah. Because, you, know, you know, the heat of the sun and sort of the... Uh, the optimism and the dynamism of Mars. And, um, you know, both of those planets can be wonderfully powerful, but boy, you know, also when those planets are out of balance, it, you know, it can be as much of a problem as anything else. So it makes sense that Pitta people tend to be, would you say, um, more rajasic? You know, exactly. that they're really dynamic, doing, 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 doing. Yeah, and the middle of our life is actually the pitta time of our life, and that is when we are in our place in the world where we're accomplishing things, our careers are going well, we're creating families and buying homes and all of those things. So it makes sense that at that point in your life, and especially if you're a pitta predominant person, that you would be highly accomplished. You know, you are very goal-oriented. You like to achieve you like to show off your beautiful things to your friends and family and you and you make good money and you're able to save some of it bata people make money but they also spend quickly mm -hmm. so um you know you also mentioned that the feet were associated with pitta mm -hmm. so it's interesting that um, you know one of your daily routines that you recommend is uh, foot massage with oil yeah um and so that that ultimately is intended to calm uh, pitta in particular? Uh, especially people who have hot feet. My mother uh -huh. called me from India two days ago to ask me what to do about her burning feet. <laughs> ah, interesting. Yeah, and I have that myself. At night I often sit in my on my bed reclined with my knees bent. Yes. And my feet burn, and it's because of too much pitta, and you massage them with coconut oil and it will cool it down. Is coconut oil better than sesame oil for that purpose, yeah. for the cooling? Yes. We'll talk about that in in, in probably one minute. Yes. Okay. Coconut oil is cooling, as is um, sunflower oil and ses, um, olive oil are neutral. 
meaning that they're neither heating nor cooling. So it's good for pitta to use those as well. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. Pitta people are also very generous. They love to help others and they give very openly from their hearts. They're affectionate. They have a lot to give. But when they're in their imbalanced state, you know, they tend to be very fiery and like Durvasa, they'll have bad tempers. Their temper, though, is, is a short outburst of it. It comes and then quickly they're, they're able to overcome it. Kaffas, on the other hand, you know, they're slow to anger, but they'll stay angry for, for a long time. <laughs> yeah, so we have to decide which one we prefer. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So what are some of the routines that Pitta people can, can do? To, or well, that anybody can do to maintain pitta in a balanced, balanced yeah. state. Yeah. Well, now you know fall is the, also the season where a lot of the excessive pitta from summer is coming out of our bodies. A lot of people. Do you, do you think? Do you think that's related? Uh, there's a connection between that and the onset of allergy season because pitta goes through the eyes, right? Yeah, possibly. But one of the other symptoms of Pitta coming out is rashes. People get a lot of itches in the fall. Mm -hmm. Itchy skin, and that's a sign of too much, the pitta trying to come out through your skin. Um, the allergies and, um, you know, sinus things are re more related to kapha, actually. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, so, pitta people, of course, one of the best ways to pacify any dosha is meditation. I keep saying that. Right. But um, one of the other things for pittas is to just stop doing so much, which is very, very hard for them because they love to achieve and accomplish. So to tell a pitta person, okay, for two days you're going to do nothing will be very challenging for them, for them to do that. So maybe short bursts of breaks, such as um, going for a walk in the hills, where it's green and lush, or, or even better, walking along the ocean or a lake or river is very cooling for pitta. Um, one of the best foods for cooling down pitta is drinking that green coconut water, fresh green coconut water. Yeah. They come in these little tetra packs now. That is one of the best drinks. Nature's perfect beverage with the perfect blend of everything we need, a little bit of sweetness, and it's very nourishing and cooling. Um, in terms of abhyangas, olive oil, sunflower oil, and coconut oil are the best. I love coconut oil, but it's quite heavy, and it can be kind of clogging to the system. So when I use it on my clients, I use half olive oil and half coconut, or half coconut and half sunflower. Okay. And in terms of food, of course... If we recall the principle of opposites, when something is too hot, we treat it with something cooling. So the two tastes that are very pacifying for pitta are bitter and sweet. So uh, sweet fruits, melons, um, sweet berries, any sweet fruits are very wonderful for cooling pitta. Now, pitta people should avoid acidic fruit, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, grapefruit and very sour oranges and things like that would not be a good choice for pitta. Um, in terms of bitter fruit, uh, bitter vegetables, greens, asparagus, those are all, bitter greens are very wonderful. Lettuce, romaine lettuce is great.
kale, collards, all of Bro those. Are, broccoli? Yeah, broccoli, cabbage. Those are all very healing, as well as cilantro, mint, and dill, fresh dill. Sure. And farmer's market will have an abundance of greens. So I always recommend that people shop at farmer's market. In terms of spices, um, pittas have, unfortunately, a very limited range of what spices they can eat. Their, their best ones are turmeric, coriander, but small amounts of cumin and um, a little bit of sea salt. Um, cardamom is good in small amounts as well as fennel and cinnamon. How about cloves? Oh, no. Cloves are very heating. Not a good ah, idea. Ah, okay, okay. If you've ever bitten into a whole clove, it's very <laughs> spicy, even for me. Ah, okay. So, um, go ahead, Ben. Did you have a question? Well, no, 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 no. I was going to say that, uh, having a lot of pitta in me, um, sugar is a drug. Pitta people love sugar. Oh. I used to love sugar. And it's very, very, well, very easy to get into a pretty severe sugar habit. Yeah. Now, sugar, you know, as, as we just talked about, pitta is pacified with sweet and bitter right. tastes. But white sugar does not qualify as sweet, although it is sweet on the tongue. White sugar is very stimulating. Yeah. It's too aggravating and too stimulating. So we can talk briefly about alternatives to, you know, so if we crave sugar or sweet foods, what do we eat? Dates are great. Uh, you know, majdul dates are wonderful. Um, soaked figs. Um, I can send a recipe for a fresh almond milk and date shake. That is Good. a wonderful, delicious refreshing drink that has no white sugar or any sugar other than the sugar naturally present in dates and fresh almond milk that's very easy to prepare so things like that and and you know um also nuts can be very aggravating because they're quite oily um, anything oily like fried foods or you know Foods that are cooked on very high heat, stir fries and things like that, are a little bit pitta aggravating. So you want to try to steam instead or cook on medium heat. Um, the oils in the nuts, if they're already roasted, they go rancid, which will then not be so good for your pitta. So in Ayurveda, we commonly recommend soaking the nuts overnight before eating them. Of course, this changes the whole texture of it. You know, if you've ever soaked cashews or almonds, they taste very different the following day. But it makes it much more easier for pittas to handle. Um, especially if you're vegetarian, nuts will be one of your common snack items or one of the ingredients you use often in your cooking for the protein and other fats. So you soaking it is a better is a really good way of using nuts especially almonds, and you can peel off the skin and then use it in your cooking. Aloe vera juice is also one of um, the best friends of a pitta-predominant person. Um, the aloe vera gel is different from aloe vera juice. The aloe vera gel, you want to be careful because it can have very um, 
fast laxative effects. I prefer the juice. Um, it's very cooling to the liver and gallbladder. And I will drink it several, I'll drink about a gallon in a whole month. I drink several ounces each day. It might be an acquired taste, so you can mix it with any juice except for citrus. So grape, apple, you can mix a little bit of that in the aloe vera juice. And you will feel cool pretty in about, in about 20 minutes. You will just feel generally a cooler physiology, especially your digestive system. And in Ayurveda, we employ the uh, one of the Panchakarma techniques of Virechana to reduce Pitta. And of course, I would not recommend this for anybody just from listening to a podcast, but this is just more for just informational purposes. Um, this is where you drink some castor oil and the following day you will have um, one maybe two bowel movements in which there will be all the excessive um, heat that's been taken out of your liver gallbladder and small intestine um, it's actually done very commonly in india routinely a um, couple of times a year i remember my father used to share the story of how him and his siblings on a saturday morning would have to stand in a line because Five of them and grandfather bring the castor oil and each one of them would have to take a couple of tablespoons of it and it tasted awful but it's actually it was very good and also it's a great way to get rid of parasites and worms hmm. so that is uh, you now in the US you can also buy um, castor oil capsules because castor oil has a very distinct taste, and I'm going to say a rather distastefully distinct taste. <laughs> and it's very viscous, it's very thick. So I'm pleased to announce that I no longer drink castor oil, but I take the capsules. <laughs> it's much more palatable. And it has the same wonderful effects of reducing the heat from the liver and gallbladder. So those are, um, in terms of exercise, swimming is wonderful for pittas because they get to be in the water, which cools them down. And it's not very strenuous, depending on how much you swim. And yoga is wonderful for all doshas. For um, pitta people, you know, moon salutations, cobra and locust and boat pose, all of those are very wonderful. Shavasana would, of course, be fabulous for Pitta people. And walking. Walking in greenery is really great, especially with other people, and you're not worried about your phone calls or your work or your lists of things to do, to just take that time to be out in nature because uh, it's very rejuvenating and it's cooling for Pitta. So those are some simple ways, and we will definitely post a date um, almond milk drink on the on the puja.net page excellent yes excellent. well I was trying to think of what an appropriate mantra for pitta for pacifying pitta might be and it occurred to me that uh, this podcast is going to be posted around the time of the Christmas holidays mm -hmm. and uh, that's certainly a time when uh, appetites are a factor and when family harmony is mm -hmm. most important and perhaps under stress, um, <clears throat> there's an incarnation of Vishnu uh, mm -hmm. called Narasimha, 
Uh, and this is uh, Narasimha has a man's body, but a lion, uh, Simha, not a lion's uh, head. And it's the only uh, incarnation of Vishnu that is directly violent. Uh, he mm-hmm. uh, disembowels a, uh, a demon uh, by the name of uh, Hiranyakashipu. Um, but interestingly enough, Narasimha mantras are very, very good for maintaining a peaceful family environment. And there is a mantra for Narasimha that I've given to other people and used myself that mm-hmm. is ex- that is exceptionally effective. I've and, used it uh, myself, Ben. You gave it to me last year. Ah, uh, good. Yes, yeah. it does. It works wonderfully, and it's so simple. You think, really, this is going to work? Yeah. But. If you do this mantra just even 108 times a day, which will take you maybe five minutes, Mm -hmm. um, family tensions really tend to disappear. Um, And this can be supplemented. There's a particular yagya um, that uh, is is also appropriate for um, family harmony. It's performed around or on the full moon. And um, uh, that's called the Satya Narayana. Mm-hmm. Yagya, another Vishnu Yagya, Vishnu and Lakshmi, and that also is very good for family uh, uh, harmony, and that's also you know it's available on the Pujanet website as always. Uh, but the Narasimha mantra is Ta Va Da So Hum, Ta Va Da So Hum, and uh, not instantly, but I, you know even with a you know. Five or six days, a week's worth of uh, uh, practice, 108 times, maybe twice a day. Uh, make this a part of your daily routine during the holiday season, and you'll definitely be pleased with the results. It's very effective. 